This is Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, powered by Radio.co. This is the Sheer, or the program, depending on the week. Recently, we've been doing a different Sheerim, where we talk a topic for the week for the audience members to keep. We are now in Hanukkah round two. Last week, we started talking about Hanukkah, how to have it get lit in your life, for your family and for your life. And this week, we're talking about the instance, the ability to have that Hanukkah, to be the Hanukkah that has the essential oil of the holiday, the essential elements of the holiday. What do I mean by essential oil? Yes, it is indicative of the olive oil, which is the essential oil, not only for the holiday, but I feel like for life, I cook with it. It is a wonderful, wonderful element to use, and it could be substituted for many different things. When our kid had egg allergies still, I used to use olive oil in general, by the way, a lot, and different recipes call for that, but the recipe of life also should be that we focus on the essential oils of the holiday. I just read something today that unfortunately in society, we don't understand, we don't realize the whole element of Hanukkah is to make sure that we are that olive oil. When you try to mix water and olive oil, what happens? They don't mix, they don't go together, they separate. The olive oil goes to the top, uh, it, it layers up to the top, it floats to the top, and the oil is at the bottom, if, if I remember science correctly. That's how we're supposed to be also in our society. It's not just to be the blue and white version of Exodus. It's not supposed to be just another Hallmark movie. You know, they actually made a Hallmark movie. I forget what it's called with a guy from one of those kid shows many people had growing up, but it's not the element, it's not the essential, and it didn't have the message that we really wanted to hear or see. We actually did not see it. But it's not just supposed to be a Jewish alternative, a blue and white alternative to Xmas. We're supposed to understand the essential oil of the day. We're supposed to remember the aspect that we fought, the Hellenization. We fought the Yehud, the the Maccabees got up, and the few fought the many, understanding that they they weren't supposed to fall prey to the to the Greeks. We weren't supposed to assimilate. We weren't supposed to fall prey, and we weren't supposed to be just another Hallmark movie, just another Hallmark holiday, just another ornament that you see in the store. Yes, it is great. To decorate. I'm a big fan of that. We talked about that last week and in previous seasons and years. But the essential oil of the holiday is to understand, to remember, and to appreciate and to take to mind what happened. What was it, what was it all about? That we were fighting assimilation. We were fighting just going with the flow. They didn't let us do Brasmila. They didn't let us do Shabbos. They didn't let us do Rosh Chodesh. Why do you think that is? Because those three mitzvahs, God willing, we'll see later. Those three mitzvahs are fundamental, essential elements to Judaism and to Jewish life. Without Shabbos, you can't keep track of the week, and you can't bear witness to what Hashem did in this world. Without Rosh Chodesh, you can't have any Jewish holidays, basically, because you need the Rosh Chodesh to start the month, and in the olden days, before there was a calendar set by Hillel II's, you know, Bezdin, they set the calendar for many years to and for the future, which was brilliant calculations they did before there was any calculators or any computers. They set the calendar for years and years and years to come. But before that, how did they set the calendar? They would have the Adim come to Besdin. They would have the witnesses come to the rabbinical religious court. And then they would say, we have seen the new moon. They would send out torches on the mountaintops and they would go throughout the whole Israel and then the last mountaintop of Israel was able to be seen from Babylonia where there was a lot a lot of Jewish presence and then the whole world would know what would happen. What would happen if a witness, God forbid, came late? What would happen if a witness said the wrong time or falsified the times, which is actually what happened towards the end? There were cases when that happened 
and it wasn't good, and the court realized there was a problem, there was there was trouble brewing. If we didn't do something about it, there was going to be a loss to the calendar, a loss to the holidays, a loss to the ability to have the, the Jewish continuum. And the Greeks knew that, that if you don't have the Rosh Chodesh, you don't have the calendar, you don't have Judaism, you don't have anything. And of course, Prismila is the fundamental trait, the fundamental aspect, the first mitzvah given to Avraham Avinu to separate him as a real Yehuda, as a real Jew. To be a real Ivri, to be on the Aver Hayardim, to be the other side of the people. So we have to understand and remember what the essential oil of the holiday. We have to remember what is the aspect of the holiday. Is it just about eating yummy foods? Listen, I already had how many donuts? We already had how many cookies? But that's not the essential element. That's just an added bonus on the side. What do the kids know about the holiday? What do they learn in school in yeshiva about the holiday? Is it just a fun time to have fun? Or they say, ah, they were the Maccabees and they, they fought against the Greeks. They went into the temple, they went into the base of Migdash and they found one jar of oil, which is fascinating, by the way. One tiny, tiny jar of oil. The question often is, why do we celebrate eight days? Why not celebrate seven? Because the first day is not so miraculous itself. I argue that the answer is, as the commentators point out, that the first day itself was already miraculous because who decided that oil should burn? Who decided that 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 should be the way that it works. And who decided that wax should burn? You know, the Gemara has a story where I believe it's Rav Chista or one of the other uh, Amaram, I forget which one, but he lost the oil for Shabbos and he didn't have anything to light. His daughter wanted to light candles for the family. I don't know where the wife was, but they weren't able to light. So so she said, what to do, what to do? And she said, Dad, Abba, we only have vinegar. How are we going to light candles for Shabbos? Vinegar doesn't burn. And Rav Chister, whoever the Tana says, the one who said that oil will burn will also say that vinegar will burn. And that's exactly what happened. They lit the vinegar and it, it, apparently it lasted the whole Shabbos, not just three or four hours like we have. It lasted the whole time to prove that Hashem is in control of whatever is going to be lit and whatever is going to go and be working with the candle, with the wicks, because Hashem decides. So that first day itself is also miraculous. Just because we're used to it, just because we take it for granted, doesn't make it less miraculous. Someone who, who goes to the hospital and does hundreds of surgeries and they all go well, does that not mean that each surgery is miraculous? Does it not mean that each kid, each born, each birth is miraculous just because a person is an OB or a doctor or is involved in things and they take it for granted, they're used to it, doesn't make it any less miraculous each time. Each person that has the bris meal, each person that has the pidyon, each person that has the bar mitzvah, the wedding, does it not make it miraculous and joyous and beautiful each time? We lose sight of different things we don't understand that each time is miraculous. We take it for granted that the oil burns but Hashem decided for some reason the oil burns he could have said that a rock will burn and then we would have taken that for granted too God forbid but each day is miraculous that it burns itself and it's frustrating when we have the candles that don't burn where it's frustrating when it goes out too fast or it's blown out or whatever happens but the fact that it burns itself that is miraculous to begin with as well so we need to remember the first point is the fact that we are talking about the idea of the essential oil all the extras are frivolous. We need to remember the essential components, the essential elements to the fact that we have this holiday. Why is this holiday my favorite ch- holiday, my favorite Chag, hands down, of the entire year? They, they, they practice in my son's school this great song, Banu Choshech Legaresh, because you, you could have an empty forest. And the Gemara talks about this. We mentioned this last weekend in the past. Rabbi Kiva is going into the forest and he takes things. I guess this is when he was still very poor and he was still on his way to learning, I would assume. He takes to the forest only a few things. He takes one candle. He takes a horse. He takes a rooster. 
and I forget he had something else. But in the forest, everything went away. The candle blew out. The horse ran away. The chicken was like uh, also lost at bay, and Rabbi Akiva was literally stranded by himself in the forest. Talk about terrifying, like a real horror story. In the morning, somehow he made it through the night. He did not make it to the town to ask for lodging. In the morning, he made it to town. He asked, you know, he sees there's a lot of uh, crazy destruction and rubble, and he sees pandemonium, people running everywhere. He stops so one of the people running around. He says, what happened? They said, don't you know? He said, no, I was in the forest, you know. They said that the pillar, the villagers was rooted by pillagers and really terrible people, and and yeah, and Rabbi Akiva was literally saved because of that. How? If the horse was there, it would have made it would have given away his position. If the chicken was there, it might have made noise. It might have uh, made noise, especially early in the morning, giving away his position. The candle would have shown that someone is living. So that one candle, he only took one candle with him to the forest because one candle, one light can banish. The darkness, and it's amazing that they had that song in my son's school talking about the idea that you light one candle and one flame of one neshama. Also, each person has a candle burning in their neshama, in their body, in their guf. One candle can banish the darkness, which is one of the elements we should think about in Hanukkah, the essential oils, that we have the ability to not fall prey to the assimilation. We have the ability to stand tall, to stand proud with what we do. And it could start with little things, the essential oils of little things in our life. If you go to work and you're always debating... Do I have the chance to wear a keep or not? Do I have a chance to wear a hat or not? Or can I wear some different kind of a head covering or not, depending on what you do? If no one's going to judge you for it, and if it's a safe place, a safe society, and you just feel slightly embarrassed to wear it, how about we think about the essential oil of putting that keep on? I made the conscious decision years ago when I started working for the DOE, for the board event, as a therapist in public schools, that in the school I purposely want to wear a keep up. A hat is not so professional anyway, but... I wanted to wear that. And, you know, I'm reading this book now. It's fascinating. There's a guy, a detective, who wears the keeper at first, but he wears it in the color of the hair. So even though his hair is covered, nobody knows because it matches perfectly his hair. And then finally, when he feels more comfortable in his own skin, and his own Balchuva process, he then has the contrasting of the black keeper versus his blonde hair. Originally, he had a blonde suede keeper to match his hair. So obviously, you could do that. It reminds me of the times in YU when they would be doing the plays and I used to go to the plays and I would always wonder where are the keepers and that, and people would explain to me that they, they spoke with the rabbis in yeshiva the, the rabbanim and they said that they have these extra toupees these extra hair pieces that are an extra covering that blends in with their costume so you don't have to wear the keeper they can still stay in character so there are different ways of doing it but the essential oil of, of reminding ourselves not to assimilate not to fall prey to society around us to stand tall and stand proud stand separate a simple thing is just to wear the keeper at work obviously outside in different societies and neighborhoods where I don't feel as safe I could wear the hat to and from work but inside work itself we could wear that we could stand tall and stand proud even your house your apartment also could be decorated like we talked about last week put a menorah in the window we have a nice menorah on a couple of the windows a nice tall one in the front some small ones on the sides we also have lots of decorations but for various factors I haven't been able to put them up yet but we are able to do that the essential oils of the day understanding that we can stand tall stand proud understanding Hanukkah teaches us that we are the few but we are the mighty think about how many people made a difference not even from a religious aspect but from a general aspect how many Nobel Prize 
prize winners were Jewish people. Fascinating, a very high ratio of the winners are Jewish people. Just as a side note, to, to understand that we are able to stand tall and stand proud and contribute to the world. So there are many aspects and many reasons that I love Hanukkah. Hanukkah is my favorite holiday of the whole year. If you do add the aspects like we talked about, the lighting, the candles, the giving, the presents, the dancing and the singing, playing games like the dreidel, eating oily foods all around. I think it's an awesome holiday lasting eight amazing days. It lasts eight times as long as the non-Jewish holiday that they make such a big stink about for months and weeks. Then you have that December 25th. It's gone by December 26th and that's it. It's all gone. Thousands of songs, thousands of movies. There should be at least eight times as many stuff in a good kosher Jewish way for the eight times as long holiday, which is Hanukkah. I believe, un- unfortunately, it is underrated. I think in recent years, though, it got better with the advantage, so- with the advantage and the and the the propelling of social media and different technological impacts. I do think that it's gotten a better light and a better rap in the past. When I was a kid, I feel like it was very underrated. Underappreciated. People make a huge stink about Pesach, not stink, make a huge deal, a huge aspect about Pesach, which is a day less. They make a huge aspect about Sukkot, which technically could be seen as a day less. Hanukkah is the longest holiday of the year, but it is the most underappreciated, in my opinion, and underrated. Although I think we're doing a better job getting into it. It's such a good kid-centric holiday. Also, by the way, you know, Pesach is very, very stressful because you have to get the house ready. It has to be chametz-free. you got to switch over, use special plates or disposables. You can't have any crumbs. And to whatever extent you're going... Sukkot, you got to put in so much effort. You got to put up that sukkah. You got to get the forminim. Got to eat only in the sukkah. It's difficult to get kids out and out, in and out, especially when people sleep in the sukkah. Shavuos is hard because you got to stay awake, and you're supposed to make those dairy meals, and everyone's super tired. But Hanukkah is like a joyous, kid-centric, built into a holiday. It's like almost as if it's spoon-fed to you. It's like hand-given to you. How could you make it any easier for Jewish families than a Hanukkah like a holiday of Hanukkah? It's built in awesome games. Dreidel, for example, built in awesome songs. Have a little dreidel. That song is stuck in my head all the time. I love it. Maltzor itself, by the way, is a fascinating, awesome, awesome song. You look at the words. God willing, we're going to look at it in a bit. You look at the words. The words themselves key us into how interesting over over Jewish history and throughout the past, Hashem has been there for us. And as really good foods also built in. You know, lakas and... And, and the dreidel and different types of Hanukkah cookies and oily foods like sufgan. These are delicious foods built in. You don't have to go out and get like special spelt or matzah meal or, uh, or potato starch. And you don't have to go eat it outside in the semi-cold or semi-buggy weather. It's like you're inside in the warmth of your home. You have awesome games, awesome songs, awesome foods and awesome elements all around. And it's so easy to make it so exciting for kids. You know, my wife at work, they have these eight, Eight wonderful days, obviously the days they're in school, where they try to do different things. And in my son's school, they broke out a Hanukkah color war. How cool. We were able to incorporate it. My other son, they had a, a little Missy Bob, although unfortunately he missed it because he's sick. But in general, it's easy to make it so concentric. It's easy to find the essential oils. And the principal gave a little speech about how each neshama 
each nair, you take one nair, it could banish the darkness. And that's why Hanukkah comes out dafka in the winter. Wouldn't it be interesting if Hanukkah came out during the spring when the weather is, or fall, when the weather is crisp and beautiful and perfect, when you just need like a long sleeve shirt or a light sweatshirt? Wouldn't it be cool to light the lights then? But dafka Hashem makes it purposefully, on purpose, specifically when it is the coldest, specifically when it is the darkest, specifically when it is the dreariest, because we want it to be proving to others that even though it's dark and it's cold and it's dreary, the days are so short, the nights are so long and so dark and so cold. You take one candle on the first night and then the second candle, because we hold a hill, base hill where you go one to eight instead of eight down to one, we want to go ma'alan bekodesh be'in maridin. We don't want to be maridin bekodesh be'in ma'alan. We want to go raise ourselves up in kedusha. More and more candles each day. More and more. So it's purposely in the winter. We got to think about these essential aspects, essential oils. The olive oil is the key fruit. Food. I'm not sure what it's considered, but it's one of the shiva taminim. One of the seven aspects of. Of, of Judaism from Eretz Yisrael itself. So the holiday itself, we focus on the essential oils, we understand where it comes from, we should be so excited for it. And it's interesting to see, I'm on the Sparks group, where you see these great Rabbanim getting so into the holiday, this beautiful holiday, and I feel like there's a measure that says, even though in the future, a lot of things will be banished, I think Purim is one of them that might stay, and I think Hanukkah also might stay, even though they're the Rabbanon ones, they're fascinating ones, and we know that there's an element to it in the Gemaras as well. So you think about the holiday, you think about the menorah and the candles, and essence can come to light with a pun intended. The candle and the candles that we light is really a light to the darkness around us. As the phrase goes, one candle can banish the darkness, just like the story that I oftentimes reference of Rabbi Kiva in the forest. He had only one candle, and that was blown out. In the dark, cold, dreary days of winter when the days are so short and so dark and all hope seems lost, the candles of Hanukkah come to be a light to us, reminding us to be persistent and stubborn in hope that we can bring light to the world and have light in our lives, making the world better and even brighter place when everything, oftentimes, especially on the heels of the pandemic, everything seems so dark and depressing. The lights shine bright, bringing us serenity and peace. There's actually a mitzvah, especially for the woman of the house. I'm not sure why that aspect, but there's an aspect to sit and actually just stare at the candles and do nothing. No work, not even learning, not even anything. You're just supposed to sit and bask in the kedusha of the flames. The, the flames, of course, bring to us the elements of pure kedusha, pure holiness. It's supposed to remind us of these things of serenity and peace. And each night there's some aspect... The first night you're supposed to pray not to be lonely or depressed. I forget what to what to what to say about the second night, but each night has some aspect that also is involved. The lights remind us also of the burning candle. It should remind us of the burning candle in our hearts, an essential oil to think about. Kiner mitzvah the Torah or as the Pasik goes, the mitzvos are our candles and the Torah is our light. As the Pasuk also says, which is one of my Pesukim actually, because of Nasan Mordechai, one of my Pesukim I say daily, which shows that the candle of Hashem is within us, protecting us from all around us persistently every day. If we could think about the essential oil, the essential candle, the essential aspect to the holiday, to this wonderful, wonderful Chag, that is Hanukkah that just goes by way too fast, in my opinion, 
We're thinking about the candles and the lights and how it reminds us that the world can be good. When seen through the prism of Torah and mitzvahs, the lights remind us to follow the passion to do what we love to do through the framework of the Torah to hopefully make the world a better place. The flames burning remind us that the Torah should be burning always in our hearts, always in our lives, every single day. You think about what we say when we say the the idea from Al Hanisim. When we look at Shemona Esrei and benching, do we ever think about what the actual translation means? Chabad.org gives a translation. What are we thanking Hashem for? What are we rem- we're reminding of? And what are we looking at when we say the actual prayer? We thank you, Hashem, for the miracles, for the redemption, for the mighty deeds, for the saving acts, and for the wonders which you have wrought for our ancestors in those days at this time. In the days of Matus Yahu, the son of Yochanan, the Kohen Gadol, the Hashmonam, and his sons, when the wicked... Hellenic government rose up against your people Israel to make them forget your Torah, violate the decrees of your will, but Hashem in your abounding mercy stood by them in the time of their distress. You waged their battles, defended their rights, avenged the wrong done to them. You delivered the mighty into the hands of the weak the many into the hands of the few, the impure into the hands of the pure, the wicked into the hands of the righteous, the wanton sinners into the, not a wanton, like a Chinese, but the wanton sinners into the hands of those who occupy themselves with your Torah. You made a great and holy name for yourself in your world and effected a great deliverance and redemption for your people Israel to this very day. Then your children entered the shrine of your house, cleansed your temple, purified your sanctuary, kindled lights in your holy courtyards and instituted these eight days of high to give thanks and praise to your great name. If we just focus on that prayer, we focus on that tefillah throughout the eight days of Hanukkah itself, it could also teach us what to essentially focus on, what, what the essential oil of the day, what the essential oil of the holiday is, thinking about what we're, what we're able to be thankful for, what we're happy about during this great time. Hashem was with us in this fight in our history the whole way through. These fighters were stubborn and persistent and they were able to bring it to the end of the story. Hashem is also with us in our own fights, in our own days, in our own lives, every single day as well. The famous Gemara in Shabbos 21b explains, Maya Hanukkah, the Tanah Rabbanim b'chafhe b'kislev yomei d'chanukah timanya inun d'lo l'mispid b'honu d'lo l'hasanos b'hon shekeshenis b'nechnesu Say that ten times fast. Yuvanim l'hechal timu kol ashmanim shabahechal Ukeshagav amal chuspeis chashman avinitzchum b'adkuv l'matzu elopach echad shal shemem shahaya munach b'chol simo shal kohen agado v'lo haya bo elo l'had leg yom echad the condensed version, what's Hanukkah? What are lights kindled on Hanukkah? The Gemara answers this, the sages taught in Megillus Tanis on the 25th day of Kislev. The days of Hanukkah are eight. One may not eulogize in them, one may not fast in them. The reason is because when the Greeks entered the sanctuary, they defiled all the oils that were in the sanctuary by touching them. When the Hashemunah monarchy overcame them, emerged victorious over them, they searched and found only one cruise of oil that was placed with the seal of the Kohen Gadol, undisturbed by the Greeks. There was sufficient oil there to last for only one day. The miracle occurred. They lit the candelabrum from it for eight days. The next year, the sages instituted those days and made them holidays with a recitation of hallow and special thanksgiving and prayer and blessings, which is interesting, by the way, that they don't talk about the fact that there's this great war that the few overcame the mighty talking about just the the, the oil that was found in the mikdash but we know the other one of course Raman points out that the during the period of the second 
uh, second base of Megish, when the Greeks were in power, they proclaimed the decrees against the Jewish people, messing with their religion, forbidding them to study the Torah, or to fight, or to perform different mitzvahs. They took their hands on their wealth and, and their people and their children. They entered the base of Megish, they broke through, they defiled the things. They were very distressed by the enemies of the Jewish people, who were very ruthless against them until Hashem took pity and saved us from their hands with the Hashman who won the great victories against the 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 Greeks on the 25th of Kislev they went and they were victorious and went into the temple they found the one jug which was able to last for 8 days even though usually it should have lasted for 1 day and then they, they ruled that it should be a holiday for the years to come as imposed by the sages. So Hanukkah teaches us the idea of what to focus on, what is essential, what is the real aspect, and what should be just a little bit extra, what should be just a little bit different. We have to focus on what is essential, focus on what is most important of the holiday, and to teach and give over to our children. The commentators explain that the Maccabees were literally only 300 people. Can you imagine? 300 people fighting thousands it has been pointed out that the war lasted three years, as Aish points out, Aish.com. I forget where I learned it also. The Greeks had wanted to get rid of the spirituality of the Jew, especially with banning the three major mitzvahs we talked about of Shabbos, Rosh Chodesh, and Bersmilah. Three fundamental laws to Judaism. There would be no Jewish calendars without Shabbos. The fundamental basis of Hashem controlling everything, God forbid, would be doubted. Without Bersmilah, the fundamental trait of the Jewish male and foundation of the Jew is gone. They wanted to destroy us spiritually. But those courageous few stood up physically to take them out. Interestingly, Hanukkah and Purim have a little bit of opposite effects, a little bit of opposite aspects to po- to focus on. Haman didn't care about religiously, you know, he just wanted us dead physically, gone, out, taken away. You know, there's one Jew that is scattered, Nifrad, Venezra, Bechola, Amen, where we don't listen to their laws, we don't do the things, kill them, get rid of them. But the Greeks, no, you could live, no problem. I just want you to doing any spiritual, I don't want you doing any religiosity, which of course is akin to spiritual death anyway. But it's a different focus. In the Hanukkah, we're looking at the spirituality that they're fighting, so we have to use the candles, use the elements, use to see what is essential as the oil to make its spirituality in our life and in our days. Ish points out, when the ancient Greeks enlightened the world with art, philosophy, and science, they limited the human condition to the physical and intellectual realms. The spiritual component, the indispensable to the Jewish worldview, was not part of the Greek worldview. Thus, our tradition associates the Greeks with forces of darkness. While we fight with light, symbolized by the candles, the holiday of Hanukkah, established to commemorate the Jewish battle against cultural assimilation has great relevance today as we again confront a struggle for Jewish survival. Indeed, the emphasis on external appearance is a prominent theme in modern society. Over the centuries, the message of al has unexpectedly ignited the Jewish spark. We fight using light, trying to inspire, ignite, and light those around us with meaning, purpose, spirituality, and fulfillment. Through Torah, Mitzvahs, and Chesed, we do so throughout the centuries, throughout the years, throughout history, throughout our lives, and currently while we are present in this world now, every single day. H.com also points out, with writer Yael Zoldin, in relation to Hanukkah and its decorations, the elements of the holiday like the menorah, the whole scene isn't very big. You have to look for it to know that it is there. And who will look for it? The season outside is so very big, so exaggerated and all-encompassing. Their holiday is music and peppermints and men standing outside of stores ringing bells. They have emails and catalogs and matching striped pajamas. And we have these small silver lights 
We wonder how our holiday is made to seem small, insignificant, a momentary aside, in the glitzing false cheer of this advertising extravaganza. How ha- we have been sidelined in our own homes. However, isn't that in fact what the story is all about? There were many and we were few. Their culture was appealing and inviting. A desire to swallow up the small remnant of Judaism to make them all part of a large whole, the same as everyone else. And that small band of Jews, those stubborn Maccabees, refused. They refused. And they faced with a life of hardship, hiding, and privation. They insisted, we don't want what you have. We would rather live in caves, in battle, on the run, than accept the sameness you offer to us. We only want to be what we are, what we have always been, separate, different, and other. They were proving with action their passionate belief that God would not let them fail. With God on their side, they knew that the few could overcome the many, the weak could overpower the strong. So because of their faith, the Jewish people survived. Our culture, our pride, our stubbornness all survived. All these years later, we, their descendants, find the faith to defy our surroundings. Not for us the glitzy cheer of tinsel. Not for us the big red man. Our menorahs are small in comparison to their crazy big trees. Our menorahs are small but beautiful. Our tiny flames light up the darkness of this long, lonely night. We should think about how we maintain customs that must seem antiquated to people. Although I think every custom related to Judaism in general, especially Hanukkah, is beautiful. Lighting the menorahs, the beautiful brachos, the beautiful singing, the different food and the different aspects of the holiday are all awesome. Our way of dress, the Jewish names we give our children, our careful Shabbos observance, that must seem antiquated to many people. Think of our refusal. To be assimilated is an essential oil to be thinking of. Our insistence on maintaining the purity of our line, our pride and our differentness. Maybe our tiny lights might be a signpost to someone who has lost his way in the darkness of this exile, who needs to know where the home is. The lights are like us, small but pure. You have to look for them, but you may find them. You have to search for them, but you can see them, and they might be looking for you. We have to look for them, and we have to find them. We have to know where to look for them, where we're going to find it, and where we're going to see it. We should be realize that our flames are ours. The Torah is ours. The ability to be persistent in our learning and influence the Torah is ours. The Chash the Chashmanam, these brave people, weren't officially soldiers, but they had the stubbornness to stand up for what's right and stand up to the enemy. They would not allow Judaism to be trampled on. They also had the persistence to search high and low in the whole temple for the olive oil to light, only finding a tiny pitcher that would maybe last a night, but ended up lasting on those eight nights. Hanukkah teaches us about not giving up, to give light and to have a zest for Torah, to have the candle of Torah and the flames and the passion to do mitzvos in our hearts. Stubbornness, to be used for good, to pursue Torah and mitzvos, to cultivate it and use it in the right way, to change the whole world for better in the right direction. Because we want to make sure that we're using our abilities, we're using our aspects of life to be persevering, to make a difference in this world, to make a wonderful aspect to this world. We have to understand what is the essential oil, what is the the, the proper aspect, and what is the idea to be involved in. We want to know how to be involved in this kind of a thing, and we need to see how we are able to 
go about and change the world for the better and to see what is really the, the aspect to be involved in. What should we really be focusing on? What is essential to the holiday? What is really essential to the uh, idea of, of the holiday? And we want to know that we're focusing on the aspect of the of the holiday that makes sense we want to see what's what is involved in it that's really pro- proper really essential and really good we want to understand where we come excuse me from the aspect of the chashmaram all the way to our days that we're thinking about Hanukkah is the time where we could think about what is essential for us and what is proper for us and what is involved for us. We talk about the brachos, Hashem, that took us to this moment, who made miracles for ancestors to this day. On this day, every day, there are miracles. It's essential to think about the miracles Hashem does for us every day. That's why we say brachos every day. Blessed are you, Hashem, that you brought us, you sustained us, and you brought us to this season, and you did miracles for us then, and you commanded us to light the menorah. We even think about the Nero Salala we talked about last week. Why do we kindle these lights? On account of the miracles, the deliverances, the wonders which Hashem did for our fathers by means of the Kohen Gadol during the eight nights of Hanukkah. These lights are sacred. You can't look at them or use them. We're only supposed to Excuse me, we're only supposed to look at them. We give thanks because of them. We think about Ma'ot Sur. Hashem is the rock of my salvation, that the the house of prayer should be restored. We'll give it there thanksgiving, that we should have, get rid of our enemies, that we will sing and dedicate to Hashem, that our soul will be will be good with strength, and that we will not be bitter like in Egypt, and that Hashem and His great power will get rid of the other people, and He will bring us to elevation. It is a wonderful song, by the way. You should look at all the words of it. Thinking about, talking about history of Bavel, talking about Haman, then talking about the the all the other people that rise against us. They tried to get us in the days of the Hashemunam. They tried to defile us and destroy us, but Hashem took us out. And we ask Hashem to avenge the vengeance of our enemy. We ask Hashem to take away all that is bad and to make only good things, to push away the shadow and to bring only good things. So when we think about the fact that they were 300 people overcoming thousands. That was a real persistence to the fighter, a real persistence to the fight. They understood that they were vastly outnumbered, but they knew that the essential oil of the fight, the essential aspect to think about, the essential thing to be involved in is to understand that we're fighting the good fight. We're going against our enemies. We're on the right side of the law. We're on the right side of it. We're not going to let them take away everything. We're not going to let them assimilate it, and we're not going to let them take things away from us. The holiday of Hanukkah, you know, they tried to take everything away. The spirituality was what they were worried about. We need to fight with light, which is symbolized with the candles, as Ishtakam points out also. Over the centuries, the message of Hanukkah has unexpectedly ignited the Jewish spark, because Hanukkah is really an easy way to be involved in the holiday. It's so easy. I'm telling you, it's literally built in. You have the foods for the foodie, you have the games for the kids, you have the lights for the spiritual aspect, you have the singing and dancing for all involved. It's so easy to be involved, and I bring out the guitar and we play the song together. We do bring up a present we brought up last night and the night before, but we're trying to share the present to make it easier. 
but there's also the dreidel game. Very easy. The nun hey gimel and shin. Shin is where they put that one piece in the pot. Gimel, the person takes the whole thing. Hey, they take half. None, they get nothing. Very easy. You spin the dreidel, whatever it lands on. But again, there are easy ways to get the kids involved and understand the essential element to the halbe. Each first each other own menorah. We actually did that this year. Now that my girlie is three, I wanted her to have her own menorah, so I light it for them. But they stand nearby and they know that each one is for them. The girlie has a has the train menorah, and the oldest one has a train menorah, and the other one the the other boy has a train menorah. I mean, and the other one has like a plastic metal looking one, and I have the major silver grandeur one. But each one gets their own menorah. Because they're proud of lighting their menorahs they make themselves. They could also make one in school and you could use that one. I offered the kids, do they want to use the one from school or do they want to use the one if we have at home? They show the ones at home. You could look at the night. It's such a nice time to take a family photograph. Also, when you see the lights that are brightening light, it could be a treasure chronicle of how the family goes over the years. Be here and now. Put away all the stuff and just enjoy the candles. Just enjoy your kids. Savor the time together or whoever you're lighting with. Savor the friendship or whoever's with you. Talk of the miracles. Hanukkah means dedication and education. So we retell the story. The essential oil, essential aspect is to understand the miracle involved. Understand the story involved. The great Hanukkah mirrors, both hood and open, talk about how there are hidden miracles in life in general, not just Hanukkah. Talk about how there are open miracles in life, not just Hanukkah. Every day is a gift. Every day is a miracle. When you're walking about, you're able to breathe the air, and Hashem lets you have another day. Those are all miracles. Letting mom and dad rest is also great to understand that the the parents are involved and let the kids be involved. Also, of course, let the games be involved. There's a traditional dreidel game. You can also make your own game. There are Hanukkah-themed word searches and bingo and quizzes and also spot the differences. I actually found a cool, a cool aspect on Chabad.org where you have to find Danny and Dina. It's a really cool type of a thing where you got to find these different people and different latkes and different things. It's very cute, very interactive. It's kind of like Where's Waldo meets I Spy, which is kind of like what I'm working on for Fine Five for years now. But be involved with different games with the kids. And the dreidel traces this way all the way back to the time of the Hanukkah story when they were coming upon the kids, the kids learning to run in the caves. The kids took out these spinning tops. Hence the idea of the dreidel, Neskadal Hayasham, for those of us in, in America, because it happened over there in Israel, Neskadal Hayapo, for those living in Israel. Jingle Gelt, no child is, is likely to let their parents forget the custom of giving Hanukkah Gelt, not just chocolate coins either. But what do we give as gifts? What do we give? The, the Hanukkah Gelt reminds us of our freedom and obligation to use our material wealth for noble and spiritual ends for proper purposes. Underscoring the message that children are taught to give away some of their gifts as Gelt of Tzedakah would be great also. Give thanks as modern-day Maccabees. Many families have the custom taken one night and everybody expressed what they're grateful for. Spiritually and materially, feeling gratitude and expressing it are definitely Jewish qualities because we are the Yehudim. Hoda'a is the aspect that we're named for. When Leah had Yehuda, now she was happy. Now she was grateful because she thought she was only having three boys out of the twelve. And then she was already above her share. Since Hanukkah celebrates the Jewish affirmation of our spiritual values, the refusal to buckle down, to even harsh pressure to simulate, discuss ways you can stand up for Jewish values when they're challenged. Also, check out the neighborhood. We talked about this last time, too. When you're able to walk around and see the menorahs and see the lights burning in the windows, I think that is beautiful to see the lights around and to see them in the neighborhood, to see them out and about. It's so cool to see different menorahs and to see different lights out in the town. You know, you have to look for it. You have to see that it's there. But because of the ability, you see that there are aspects that the they, they light, the little light, 
the little candle is really there that we're supposed to find, that we're supposed to look for, and we're supposed to go into the essential oil of the day, looking for the real aspect of what's important on Hanukkah. What is the point of Hanukkah? What is the things that we should be focusing on? We're supposed to stand up for our beliefs, have pride in our beliefs. The world will respect us for it, and we can make a true Kiddush Hashem to bring Mashiach on the third temple in our days. So when we think about the essential oil, we think about what's really essential to the day. No, you don't need to give out 552 presents to each of your kids. No, you don't have to do four. 152 games to each of your kids. It's really simple to be involved. We want to be focusing on the essential oil. We want to think about the candle. We want to think about the oil. We want to think about what we could do, what we could be involved in to make it a more wonderful, wonderful holiday. I hope you cherish this holiday as much as I do. Ever since I was a kid, it really was my favorite, favorite, favorite time of the year. Obviously, as a kid, getting the presents and as an adult, giving presents. I'm a big fan of giving a presence to my wife too. Oftentimes she say, we'll do one present, but I can't just do one. I like it to be a couple of different things. But when we're involved in making it fun, and, and tonight we gave them a craft to be involved in, so my son was able to build a lighthouse from the Jewish craft box, which is brought to you by Menucha Publishers, a really cool idea for the kids. They, they also have subscriptions. We're able to do it monthly. We're able to give a craft a month. You could also do a, a Jewish bake box. We have one baking per month. There's also a Jewish book box where they send a book every month really cool ideas i happen to like it a lot and it was a really nice thing that they were to build and, and last time we got one toy for them to share these couple of magnetile people these play mag people that are able to go on the magnetiles and be able to be attached able to be used magnetic wise to be involved in the aspect too but the oil of the day the essential aspect of the day is that um, you're able to understand it, to focus on the on the score of the value of the day that we know why we have the holiday, what we're involved with for the holiday. So we focus on the aspects, and we already are are done with the first day. We're on the second day now, but we're able to focus on the fact, focus on the ability, what we're thankful for, why we are different, why we stand up to assimilation, how we could stand up to assimilation, what we can do to be proud of our Jewishness, to be proud of our land, to be proud of our people, to be proud of our accomplishments, put up some decorations proudly, put decorations on the front lawn. There's a great house we talked about last time where we, we drive by every day. They have this beautiful mention of bench and all these other Jewish-themed decorations. I didn't even know there's so many decorations out there in a Jewish way. Apparently, you could get them. And you're able to stand up for that, the essential oil of the day, the essential oil of the holiday, when we're able to focus on the truly important aspects. You're not going to remember what what presents they got for them over the year. They will remember that you lit as a family. They will remember that you put everything aside to focus on the lighting. They will remember if you brought out your guitar and you sang and you're able to have a joyous occasion. They will remember if you did some cutesy activity or some cutesy craft together. They might not remember the toy, but they will remember the experience. So remember and focus on the essential oils of the day from us here at Tani Talks Radio. I wish you and your family and your friends a wonderful Freilichen Hanukkah Sameach, a Freilichen Hanukkah. I hope you enjoy the holiday as much as I do. Cherish each day. Enjoy it. And God willing, we'll see you back here next week. Please add you're here on Tani Talks Radio, brought to you by Sheer Enjoyment Radio, brought to you by Radio.com. And I'm your host, Tani.